This morning, I woke up, looked outside, and thought, new sermon title, Don't Rain on My Parade. (laughs) Growing up, my home church did not leave anything to chance on Palm Sunday. Nothing so inconvenient as weather would mess up our carefully orchestrated always-indoor parade. We would line up in the back of the sanctuary, little kids in the front, and then the older kids, and finally the adult choir members, dress in white robes with a cross-shaped palm pinned to the fabric. We would move with carefully practiced steps, singing hosannas in harmony. The Palm Sunday pageantry was magical. And that's exactly how I pictured the people of Jerusalem decked out in choir robes, singing holy songs that they had rehearsed just for this day. I assumed that the whole city of Jerusalem was rejoicing and gave Jesus a kingly welcome. This is, minus the robes, somewhat how the triumphal entry is presented in Matthew, Mark, and John. In the Gospel of John, the great crowd that had come for the Passover festival turns its attention to Jesus, exclaiming, The King is coming! The crowd then cuts palm branches from the fields, and the Pharisees mutter about how the whole world is following Jesus. The whole city is stirred up. And Andrew Lloyd Webber depicts this in his musical Jesus Christ Superstar, where Jesus is... You guessed it, a superstar. The crowd swoons as they sing, Hey, JC, JC, won't you smile at me? Jesus is amazing. But when we have all of these liturgical moments and other variations of these stories in Scripture, it's easy to skip over some of the details in Luke's Gospel, which Julie just read for us. For example, there were no palms. Did you catch that in what Julie read? No palms mentioned anywhere. No branches. Luke says nothing about them, either people waving them or cutting them or placing them on the ground. He does write about people spreading their cloaks on the ground and arranging their clothes on the colt so that Jesus had somewhere soft to sit. But the worship team always rejects my idea to do this here at University UMC. For Luke, there are no palms for Palm Sunday. And unlike the way it's depicted in some of the other Gospels, not everyone is thrilled at what is happening. There is metaphorical rain on this parade. The noisy parade of University UMC is a bit more ragtag than the church of my childhood. And even though we have palm branches, and we're not just spreading our coats everywhere, I think it's still closer to the way that Luke's gospel presents it than what I grew up with. It's dusty and loud and less choreographed than it is just so very human. While Luke mentions Jesus' popularity— saying that it's the whole throng of disciples praising him. The praising crowd did not include everyone. The chief priests, the legal experts, and the foremost leaders among the people were seeking to kill Jesus. 
And the people making money off of the current religious system were justifiably angry at Jesus kicking them out of the temple. All of us can get testy when our daily commerce is interrupted for prayer, when our pocketbooks are touched by Jesus. And there were law and order folks in the crowd who said to Jesus, Teacher, scold your disciples. Tell them to stop. And here in St. Louis, we have a comparison. Because over the past five years, in response to racism and an unjust justice system, we've seen activists protest the current order and insist on a new future where black lives matter. And for these protests, huge crowds gathered. But certainly not everyone participated. Not everyone is thrilled at a protest. Protests disrupt daily life, they shut down interstates, and sometimes result in property destruction. And the organizers are scolded for the behavior of a few. But even without destroying property, the protesters would still receive critique. Because even the most peaceful, nonviolent protest is still an interruption to the status quo. Protest demands attention. Pay attention. Wake up. Don't fall asleep to what's going on. And the way that some of us have responded to disruptions in our own daily lives echo the way that people in Jerusalem responded to Jesus coming into the city, disrupting things. I'd like to think that I would have been greeting Jesus with shouts of Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. But maybe I wouldn't have. The crowd of people supporting Jesus was viewed as dangerous. They were ready to turn everything over. This could spill out into an armed revolution and... Those of us who have something to lose in a revolution might do everything we could to stop it. I mean, sure, Jesus, your vision is fine. Feed the hungry, support the poor, free the prisoner. I can totally get on board with that. I can write some really good words about that. But your tactics, they're going just a bit too far. Jesus, you're taking over the temple. You're hiding out on the Mount of Olives each night. You're challenging the current religious leaders during the day. Your people are making way too much noise, insisting on being seen. You had your disciples steal a donkey. Oh, you were just borrowing the donkey? Sure, Jesus. Who gave you this authority? Who made you God? The palm parade wasn't a pageant, and it wasn't cute. There was no candy being thrown at this parade. Not everyone was rejoicing. Storm clouds were coming. And before the end of the week, Jesus would disappoint not only the people who were scared of a revolution— Jesus was going to disappoint the people who were cheering him on, hoping that that revolution was going to come in exactly the way they had expected and wanted and desired. As Jesus came into Jerusalem, he wept. 
O Jerusalem, he cried, if only you knew true peace. O my people, what is hidden from your eyes? O my church, would you recognize and welcome a visit from God? For the past 40 days, we Christians have watched and prayed. We've practiced meditation. We've been training ourselves through these guided meditations to recognize God's presence in the world. And it's not always going to come the way that we expect it to or the way we want it to. This week, as Jesus cries over us, I pray that we may recognize God's voice. Because in just a few days, on Good Friday, Jesus will cry out in the solemn reproaches. And this is a liturgy developed particularly within the Lutheran Church that spread throughout Protestantism. And Jesus will cry, O oh, my people, O oh, my church, what have I done to you? How have I offended you? I poured out my life and gave you the new covenant in my blood, but you have prepared a cross for your Savior. O oh, my people, O oh, my church, what more could I have done for you? I gave you the kingdom and crowned you with eternal life. I gave you my peace, but you draw the sword in my name. And you have prepared a cross for my Savior. O oh, my people, O oh, my church, I lifted you up to the heights, but you lifted me high on a cross. I raised you from death and prepared you for the tree of life. But you have prepared a cross for your Savior. O oh, my people, O oh, my church, I came to you in the least of your brothers and sisters, but I was hungry, and you gave me no food, thirsty, and you gave me no drink. A stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. And you have prepared a cross for your Savior. As Jesus cries out this week, Will we hear his voice? Will we recognize him? We've watched and prayed for 40 days for this moment, this time, this opportunity to see Jesus and know and respond. Will we? Or will the stones have to cry out? on our behalf. Amen.